All right, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Uh, Bastin, you are second in the NCAA mile final. Uh, 0.03 off the win. So let's just dig straight into it. How, how are you going? How are you feeling? Uh, to be honest, not feeling great. Um, bruised up pretty much everywhere from diving across the line and a bit of a back injury now from it too. So uh, I'm walking like a grandpa this week. But just taking a few days off here, and then I'll kind of get back into training. So it's it's the best time to be dealing with this kind of stuff. But yeah, yep, just yep, yeah. a little dinged up at the moment. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, where are you right now? For anyone, for anyone listening, I feel like it kind of is pretty nice that you you're on spring break, having a few days off. You're not hammer hammering schoolwork. So what's what's going on there? Uh, I'm in I'm in Boulder, Colorado, for spring break with the boys. I'll Pretty much our entire guys teams here. They're all um they're all climbing a mountain right now, but but I'm filming this. Um and yeah, we're all just kind of hanging out, celebrating spring break, celebrating nationals and training and you know, all the fun stuff. Oh yeah. Um yeah, so I guess we can we can kind of talk a little bit about the whole nationals experience. Um your prelim um it was top four from each of the prelims uh and then next two fastest time so two prelims of eight uh i think only seven started in the second prelim because of a an injury i i think um two prelims of eight but second heat had seven uh top four from each and then two on time um we've talked a little bit about your racing tactics kind of changing over the last kind of you know year or so as you've grown in confidence but when i watched your prelim i was like oh it's the the old bastion back to back to his old ways like just straight in at the back um talk us through it obviously you came through and it worked but how how were you feeling going into that i was feeling pretty good and i think honestly that that strategy of being in the back in the prelim is just it's just so comfortable and so easy because you only have to finish in the top half right so like if you're in the back early, two or three people tend to fall off and fall apart at nationals every year. So you really just have to outkick one guy that's like a few places ahead of you. And it always seems to separate and it always seems to kind of take care of itself. Like never have to really close anything absolutely ridiculous, but you just have to close solid, close like you would in any sort of time trial event and get yourself into the final, really. Yeah. And you got the job done. Um, I think you were... 217 through 800 um my memory could be off there but i i think it was something like that something in that range so um yeah and then i think yeah you you kick down and close in you know 151 or 152 for the last 800 i don't even know if you realize that it was like 54 last lap maybe last yeah it was 151.7 yeah, Burnt texted me about it, and he was like, that was ridiculous. But it, it honestly felt pretty easy, which is weird because I raced an all-out 800 like a couple months ago, and I could only run 148. So I don't know. Clearly clearly, I can run a faster 800 than I did at the beginning of the season, and it just shows how much your speed improves throughout the year. It's just crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, Speaking of, actually, uh, altitude, how, how did you find it? Did you feel anything, or were you kind of just like, you know, fine with it. it. It was the same for everyone. Dude, I didn't even notice it, honestly. Like, yeah. I, I think I noticed it a little bit like on my easy jogs, just because I would go like probably 15 seconds slower a mile or something. But 
Um, but I did not notice it at all during the race. And it just confirms my suspicion that I think altitude conversions are complete BS. And like, yeah, like, I mean, the fact that I ran 403 in that final and it like it didn't even wasn't even close to feeling all out. And that that would convert to 357. Like, that's ridiculous. That was not a 357 mile. That was a 403 mile. Yeah. Like, I don't yeah. know. Well, that's just my opinion on the matter, but but whatever. Were you, were you 206 in the final through 800? It was a little bit quicker than your prelim? Something like 206? I, I honestly don't even know. I haven't looked back at the splits, but um, yeah, that sounds about right. Mm -hmm. Not mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. So uh, just to give a little bit more context, from the second heat, because it went quicker, um, the second heat ended up getting six through and only seven guys were in the field to begin with because um, there was a DNS. So, um, and then from from that, so of those six, Thomas Van Oppen was the final one through, um, and he ended up not starting in the final. So it kind of went from two heats of eight to one heat of eight, one heat of seven, and then uh, a DNS for the final as well. So um, yep. going into the final, uh you know how, how are you feeling like what was your what was your kind of mental approach obviously you've always been pretty confident in in what you can do and this one i i was saying to the guys and girls here in baltimore i was like this one you really could win like i really wouldn't be surprised to see you win it so um how are you feeling going into the final i felt really good which is the the most annoying part about it is like i knew i knew i was ready to win that thing and um just doing strides and stuff like next to all the Washington guys next to Anasa Sai, I was like, well, I'm going to have to beat a side. I'm going to have to beat these Washington boys. But, but I really thought the only Washington boy that would come back and be super relevant, it would be Waskam again. Cause he always is, but man, I was just completely wrong. It, it wasn't Waskam at all, but, but yeah, I beat the two guys that, that I keyed off on that I was like, if I beat these two guys, I'm going to win the race. I beat them both and I still didn't win the race, which is crazy. But yeah. um, tactically, I think going into it, I knew um, I knew the Washington boys would have some sort of plan, right? Because there's four of them in this final, which is literally half the field. They're planning on doing something. And um, for the first four, 600 meters, uh, Elliot Cook from Oregon was in first and the Michigan guy was in second, Connor Murphy, which is super weird because they're both 800 guys. So like you would think that they would be in the back and kind of yeah. waiting to kick down, but it was the exact opposite. And then randomly like 600 meters in six, maybe 800 meters in, I don't really remember, but all the Washington boys just start, just sprint around the lead and take it. And I was like, Whoa, all right, well, this is, this is the plan. And then um, after that, really for the rest of the race, they um they kept certain like they kept gradually making these moves with each other like to keep switching off who was leading and like they they kept switching spots in between them which i found super annoying and i think they completely did this on purpose but um but it just makes it impossible to pass them like when they're always too wide and they're always moving around summer summer wide summer in they're switching around like it makes it impossible to to race tactically behind them because they're just so annoying. They're constantly flipping positions and you don't know if the kick is completely going, if it's not like, yeah, yeah, that really bothered me. And, and the Washington coach came up to me afterwards and said that they planned, um, they planned their guys around beating me, which is a pretty, 
a pretty cool compliment to get from a coach that's that good of a coach. But yeah, um, but yeah, it, it worked. It was it was a really good strategy. Um, I, I still had energy left, and with about 300 meters to go, I tried to move around Wascom and get myself into second place to kick. Wascom held off my move, which is what I think lost me the race. Wascom holds off my move with about 250 to go, and then I tuck back in behind him. And I thought, all right, I'm going to have one more opportunity at it in the next lap. And then the next lap came around, and by the time we were in that back straight with like 150 to go, I was going to tuck and move to the outside, but Anasa Sai was on my outside trying to move up. But he was doing it so slowly because the guy just doesn't have a great kick, so he was moving not as fast as I would want, would have wanted to move up. And so I waited again. And then by that point, there's only one straightaway left. And Wascom cut to the outside because I think he had the race one. I'm sure he thought he was going to move around Hauser. Wascom cuts out. I saw the lane move up on the inside. I just sprinted right through it. And I was like, man, all right, this this is it. This is my chance. But yeah. at that point, there just wasn't quite enough space. And I I thought maybe if I dove at the line, I could get him. So I, I dove at the line. And I thought I won for a second. But I realized right when I looked at the clock that I passed him just after the line instead of just before it. So, yeah, a tough way to get second, but ah, just just so frustrating. But it it is what it is. You gotta you gotta get a little bit of luck. Like if if you are gonna sit and kick, you gotta get a little bit of luck in that something has to open up at some point. And in both the finals I've been in, both the indoor finals the last two years, just nothing's opened up for me. And so um, this year I was able to I was able to capitalize on something opening up really really late and last year nothing ever opened up so i couldn't capitalize on that but mm-hmm. um so yeah i'll take i'll take second it's it's big for me in my career it obviously helps out because fifth was my best finish before that but um it's, it's a little frustrating just knowing that i probably had the freshest legs of the field like i was probably feeling the best of the field and uh, i couldn't quite get it done yeah yeah um just going back a little bit to, I guess, early on in the final, like um, we were talking about your strategy before. You were in, I can't remember for sure, but like fifth or sixth, maybe seventh. Oh, probably. Oh, no, you weren't that far back. Kind of kind of fifth or sixth, probably, um, instead of being right at the back. Um, was that probably it was a conscious decision, a con- like a, a proper plan to be, you know, a little bit more mid-pack instead of being right at the back. It it was a plan, and it was only it was only a plan because um the Washington boys had eight, nine, and ten. So the Washington boys were on the outside in that waterfall, and so I didn't really know how hard they would go out. And so I I knew that if they went out really hard, like if they made it a fast race, and the people on the inside weren't aware of that, it could get away from me right away. And yeah. so I was like in my head, I'm I'm just gonna get out in the middle of the pack just in just playing it completely safe so that no matter what happens, I'm in a decent spot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it was, it was pretty cool to watch. I thought you were a little bit stuck with like a hundred to go and that there was no way you could come through. And then with about, you know, 20, 20 meters to go, it was like you, it opened up and you nearly, nearly got him obviously. So it was, it was cool to watch. And we, from the angle we were watching from, like it, looked like you probably hadn't quite got him but then when they showed another angle it was like you you actually might have won this but um yeah yeah I mean second is still huge would would you you know change anything would you have tried to I think I listened to an interview of yours and you might have 
try to fully commit to that move and get around Moscow a little bit early maybe or what what do you think yeah I just don't know it's, it's a great question because if I if I really commit to that move and move around Wascom I might not have the energy to hold on to it with 200 to go so yeah. um looking back on it like I don't regret anything like I feel like I ran a really good tactical race like yeah. I was constantly thinking on my feet and, like I feel like I reacted really well to what was going around going on around me mm-hmm. it just it just didn't quite work out which is really unfortunate but um it is what it is there's so much luck to running especially indoors when yeah. you just never know what's gonna happen so um yeah 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 um i guess that kind of is most of the mile talk um a lot of pretty crazy events going on um obviously as distance fans we're kind of anything from the 800 to the 5k um indoors um so i guess we can kind of touch on that a little bit we did have a few predictions um so we can kind of go back over them a little bit and see how we see how we went but i think honestly in the distance races maybe the altitude played in a little bit more um not necessarily for everyone and i feel like the people who live and train at altitude probably like were definitely at an advantage when it came to how the altitude was but um but uh yeah what what do you think of the other events obviously we had Foad winning the 3k and then Dylan Jacobs uh 5k champ pretty impressive stuff yeah the, the, the Dylan Jacobs one was pretty expected I feel like he was just in the best fitness of the field I am surprised that Kai didn't give him a bigger run for his money I kind of thought he would but um but yeah Jacobs is just so good the 10k champ last year pretty expected I think I think I did predict that one right um and I think I think you did as well because I think you said that you w- thought Dylan was going to win the first race he ran. Exactly. Um, yeah. You thought three k first, but the five k was first, and so yeah. yeah, I think we were both pretty spot on on that. Um, Jacobs is just so good. He can close. He can close the DMR in like a three fifty six, three fifty seven mile, and he just has the strength to win the ten k as well. So you just know. Affect him as much as it probably affects the others, and he was going to take care of it. Yeah, it was pretty cool. And then, uh, yeah, I guess just kind of quickly touching on it, the three K. Drew Bosley had a good battle with Foad Masaudi. Sorry if I'm pronouncing that wrong. Yeah. Uh, Jackson Sharp also right up there. That was, I mean, obviously Jackson Sharp is a really, really great runner, but um, I was slightly surprised with like. 600 to go that he was looking so relaxed and he was kind of moving up around the outside we were saying he, he he's gonna win it but um obviously you know didn't quite have the legs at the end but third for for jackson sharp is a really great result um oh yeah that's that's, that's career changing for, for jackson yeah. sharp for sure yeah. yeah really good run um i i did think drew bosley was gonna hold on to it at the end there um but yeah great run from Saudi, Oklahoma State. They're they're on a tear. They won the distance medley relay as well. So um I guess double gold for for him. Pretty cool. Yep. And I don't know, kind of going back to the 5K quick, because Bosley was in the 5K as well. And did he get third in the 5K? Third yeah. or yeah, third in the 5K. It was that was the worst tactical race I've ever seen anyone run. <laughs> yeah. He, what, he, what Bosley he, did in that 5K. It was it was the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. It kind of seemed like he fart-lected, didn't he? 
but like yeah he surges at the front like yeah like it's he went to the front and i don't know if the nau coach planned on having him and nico like switch off who was leading which mm-hmm. is is a good plan for altitude because they're acclimated to the altitude and the rest of the athletes aren't yeah. but if you're going to do that you have to commit to the fast pace and they didn't do that yeah so what's the slowed right down and i feel like dylan jacobs of all of the people in that field he kind of seemed like he was pretty relaxed he was right near the front but he wasn't like completely covering every move because it kind of seemed like he got used to you know a little bit of a pace increase and then it would slow down again so he kind of just like was smart with it and just like steadily moved up still being right in the pack but not sprinting and then slowing down because that you're wasting energy yeah, which, yeah, Drew Bosley wasted so much energy during that race, and I'm sure he regrets it looking back, but I I, I don't know what, I, I'm just curious what the strategy was, because it, it didn't make any sense to me. Um, I, I would love to hear what the strategy was, because maybe there's something, like maybe Nico was kind of supposed to take it from Bosley in those moments, because you kind of noticed towards the end of the race, Bosley was leading a lot more than Nico was. Yeah. So maybe Nico wasn't feeling good enough to take the lead back from him. But mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it just ended up being so much wasted energy from Bosley, which he I feel like he might have been able to win the race had had he not wasted so much energy at the front. But um, but either way, I mean, Dylan Jacobs is just so good and he he deserved the win. He was by far the smartest runner in that race. And combining that with his talent. Yeah, he deserved the win. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think of the 800? Do you see the DQ? Um, so I was I was standing in the back stretch during the 800. So I didn't because I was like at the awards area because they hadn't done the awards ceremony yet for the mile. So I was kind of waiting for him to do that. So I watched I watched the 800 in that back straight, and I didn't even see that. I didn't even see that he was cutting him off in the last couple hundred meters because you couldn't really see it from my angle. Yeah. And so, um, obviously the the protest came in afterwards. And I feel so bad for that. Is it Mississippi State, the guy who won? Yeah, yeah. Because, like, a couple different companies interviewed him afterwards, and he was, like, talking about, like, all glory to God and, like, thanking people. And, like, he was doing his interviews and just so happy. And then, like, five minutes later, everyone just gasped because the they re-showed the 800-meter results on the board but added the DQ for his name at the bottom. And I felt so bad for him. And... Yeah. The, the Texas guys celebrated, which good for them. I mean, he did cut off Bismana, so he probably should have been DQ'd. Like, that was pretty terrible, blatant, cutting him off. But at the same time, that Mississippi State guy was clearly the second best runner in that final. Yeah, yeah. Navasi so, Anderson is his name. And honestly, it is a tough one because, like, a, a lot of people would argue that he could have won it anyway if he just held his line. but. I think I think it's got to be a DQ because, like, he, he's running in a straight line. Then it's almost like he looks up at the board, sees Bismarck coming, and moves out. And he Bismarck touched lane four. By, by the time he was on the ground, he was in lane four. So it's like, you know, maybe yeah. you can move out a little bit. And I, I, think, I think the actual rule is, like, you can finish in lane three, obviously, if you're not, like, impeding anyone. But... I think the rule is like when you come into home straight, you've got to like hold your line. So if you come into home straight and you've got a lot of momentum, like kind of, kind of, you're just moving out anyway, that's fine. If someone's on your shoulder, yeah. kind of, you're just following that line that you're already 
on, it's kind of okay. But I think because he was in lane one, he came into the straight in lane one and then he moved out. I think that's why why it happened. And speaking of the interviews, um, I think I think the interviews are still up. I don't know if they'll like take them down or whatever. I, I doubt they will, but who knows? They might. Um, they they should for his sake take them down. Yeah, yeah, because he's being interviewed. Yeah. Um, and mid interview, I don't know what what broadcaster it was, but like mid interview. He's like talking about how he's won and like he's really happy. And then they're like, there's a rumor he might have been DQ'd. And like he's like, whatever, keeps going. And then it's like, oh, you've been DQ'd. What do you think about that? Like they they told him that right there. And it so then he was like, right, I'm gonna go and talk to my coach and just kind of cut cut the interview short there. Understandably, because that would be pretty, you know, shocking yeah. to him. Um so yeah, it's a it's a tough one, but um it was pretty cool seeing the Texas boys go one, two. Um, yeah, which, which it's a great feeling for the Texas boys to go one, two, but I feel like that Mississippi state guy, DQs are tough because he deserved to get second in that race. Yeah. yeah. He was clearly the second best runner. I mean, Creighton Crozo was so far back of those two. Like, yeah. and then Crozo got a second place trophy, which like I'm close buddies with Crozo. I'm super proud of him for getting a second place trophy, but he was clearly the third best runner in that race. Yeah. Like yeah. that can't even that can't even be debated. Like it wasn't even really close. Like so, I, I don't know. But yeah, I, I think I agree with you. You have to DQ him, but but it's like man, like just sucks for him because yeah. yeah. No, definitely. Um, can we briefly actually talk about who we had predicted for the three k and five k? Um, so sure. Yeah, yeah. I I can start. So. I know we kind of briefly talked about it, but I thought Jacobs would win whichever event he was doing first. And I had it in my head that the three K was first up. So um for the five K, I had Kai Robinson, Nico Young, and Charles Hicks. Um I think Kai ended up seventh. Nico was fourth, and Charles Hicks was ninth, I think. I could have that. Wow. You yeah, killed it. Pretty, pretty bad, to be honest. Um, <laughs> and then you actually did pretty well, I think. Like, gone. Who who did I have? I had Jacobs winning. I know. Um, did I have Kai getting second? Um, no. So you had Jacobs, then Alex Meyer, um, and Ooh, then struggle. Huh. So, well, I was one off with Nico Young. The the only thing I didn't get right was that Bosley would be the best runner in NAU. Like, mm-hmm. I I don't know what's happened to Nico Young this indoor season, but he has been passed up by Drew Bosley. Like, Drew Bosley has looked so good throughout both those indoor finals. Good for him. But, but yeah, I, I think Drew Bosley's the guy that, hey, if he figures his tactics come outdoor, he's going to be really dangerous Yeah, in whatever event, in whatever event he chooses to do. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. And then for the 3K, um, I had Jacobs, Asai, and Gilman. So nailed it once again. Um, Jacobs is the one I was closest with. He ended up six. Um, obviously, probably pretty tired legs, understandably, from winning the 5K the night before. Um, Asai didn't even start after the mile, so <laughs> I nailed that. And then uh, Sam Gilman was... 11th so i was only eight off with him could be worse could be worse 
He's one who trains at altitude as well. So um, maybe some of the logic in the back of my mind, I was like, he'll, you know, he'll be all yeah. right. Um, I, I was a Gilman believer as well. Didn't I have him getting second? You did. Oh, but dude, you got the winner right. I got the winner right. I knew yeah. Foad would win in the 3K. I, dude, Foad is so good. Yeah. Like combining his mile speed, like the guy can run 354 on any given day. And he, he's great over 5K. He was 10th in cross nationals which is incredible so yeah like had a feeling he would win especially just because out of the the big guys like dylan jacobs kai robinson he's the freshest like the 1200 of the dmr just doesn't take as much out of you as those as the 5k does Uh so that's why i picked him to win got that right sam gilman just had a really bad day i think honestly because Mm -hmm. he's i think on his best day he's obviously way better than 11th um yeah, Jesus must have had a bad day. And then who did I say would get third? You had Ryan Shopey, who Boad's mm-hmm. teammate. He let you down a little bit there. Obviously, after the DMR, a little bit tired. But um, yeah, yeah. Which it surprises me that he didn't do better because he, by the time he got the baton in the DMR, he had such a big lead. He could have just jogged it in. So I would have thought he'd be a little fresher and run a little bit better. But he must have had a bad day as well. I, I don't know what place he got. 14th yeah 14th yeah oh. and only 15 starters after asai didn't start because of the mile but um and brian fay ended up 15th um Jeez. which is understandable because of the mile as well he um i think he was eighth seventh or eighth in the mile and then came through yep. for, um I mean, you got to give him credit for for running the three k an hour after running the mile. You'd be on pretty tired legs, so it's understandable, kind of um, seeing that happen. But yeah, I'd say nationals overall was pretty cool to watch, at least. Um, do you think? Um, do you think after after Brian Faye's results and both of his events have come in, do you think it was a good or a bad decision for him to run the mile over the five k? Um, I mean, looking at how it ended up for him, was he, did he run the DMR? See, I don't even know that. No, it was Wascom Green and Wascom Green and Kieran Lum. Okay. And Lum ran the 3K. He was eighth in the 3K. Um, see if Brian Faye wasn't in the DMR anyway. And he ran the mile prelim, mile final, and the 3K. Maybe, maybe now looking back on it, he'll regret not running the 5K. But I, I don't know. It's hard to say. Um, I think I kind of think he would have placed similarly in the 5K than he as he did in the mile. Like I feel like it's about where he where he would have finished. I don't know. It's so hard to know. Um, yeah, tough. Yeah, I feel like the 352, obviously, he ran in Washington. Like, when you run, if you run a 352, like, you obviously think you're in great mile shape. I mean, it's a great mile time. Like, um, so I don't blame him at all for, you know, choosing to run that. Um, Obviously, then running the 3K after is tough. Like, it's always going to be tough trying to run a 3K after racing a mile final an hour earlier. But, um maybe maybe it would have been better for him looking back on it to just focus on the 5k but yeah we'll never know 
anyway what's uh what's next for you then after a few days off back into it yeah just just back into some easy runs i won't i probably won't work out for the rest of this week probably start my first workout next week kind of just slowly get back into it especially with my back issues and just god i, I can't believe i can't believe how much of a grandpa i feel like today i literally can barely stand up but um but yeah we're we're chilling um just getting back into it. I think my first race will be Brian Clay. Um, Brian Fay. You know, Brian Fay. Yeah, the <laughs> Brian Fay fifteen hundred. Uh, <laughs> out in I don't even know where is that in where the I know it's in California. I don't know where, but but yeah, Washington. it'll be there. Um, yeah, no, that'll be good. It should be what mid April. Yeah. Yep. 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 When when do you open your outdoor season? Probably Drake Relay. So we're um we're going to altitude again pretty soon in a couple of weeks, and then uh probably come back to back to Drake, um back to Des Moines for Drake Relays. Um, that was my final NCAA race actually. Us in the Drake Relay. Well, actually in the DMR. That wow. One morning. Um, yeah. So the Drake Relays fifteen hundred last year. Um, and then. That, so that's where I'll probably open up. That's not confirmed, but I think it pretty much is. Yep. Um, so, wow. It, if I run the 1500 that day, we might get to battle again for fun. For fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For no, fun. Yeah. Which would be the first time we've raced since since relays. Since Drake relays. Yep. Wow. Over over a year. That's crazy. That is wild. It's been a while. So... Yeah, that's that's the plan. And then after that, I'll kind of see where I'm at. Hopefully, I'll be in, you know, decent shape. I feel like I'm coming back to normal after a few weeks of kind of feeling like I was not a runner. Um, so yeah. feeling feeling like I'm getting getting back to being fit again, which is which is a good feeling. So hopefully, um, yeah, in another, you know, five, six weeks, um, I'll be in decent shape. Uh, and then I guess like at the end of the day, like the the big bulk of the season is going to be like going over to Europe and racing in a few meets over there um, before British Champs in July. And I think USA's is that same weekend in July. So is it kind of similar for you? Obviously, you've got NCAAs and stuff. Um, you kind of race a few early meets. You think you'll just do the 1500 at conference again? Yeah. Yeah. Then, um, then go out to... I don't know what regionals is this year, but yeah, hopefully get to nationals, which is in Austin, Texas. And then um, USA is in Oregon. So we'll see how it goes, but, but yeah, that'll be my plan for outdoor season. I, I kind of want to, um, after indoor, like, you know how hard it is to get an indoor qualifier. Um, yeah. So you want to kind of race a little bit less during outdoors in an ideal world, because making it to regionals is obviously much easier than making it to nationals is indoors. So um, I'll probably race a few less times this outdoor season just to really – just so that by the time I'm peaking for Nationals and um, Nationals and USAs, I'll be really be peaking in like – yeah. Speaking of, what do you think it's going to take in the 1500 for regionals? 42? Yeah. So 40, for, yeah. Yeah, 42. For anyone listening who doesn't – kind of understand what that means they take the top 48 guys from the east and from the west regions so america just kind of broken into two regions um top 48 go 
obviously a few can scratch. You know, if you've run a good 5K, you've run a good 800 and you've run a 1500. I don't know if anyone will have run all three, but you kind of can scratch out of one and focus on another. Um, so top 48 who actually decide to go. So it's pretty wild how strong the NCAA is getting. 342, 343 will kind of probably scrape in um, into the top 48. So um, regionals, like, obviously you're confident you can run, you know, a three, well, sub 340 if you have to very comfortably now, but um, 343 for sure is no no hard thing anymore. Um, yeah. Wild that at regionals, like, it's it's never going to be easy. You know what I mean? Everyone there is like, maybe the prelim shouldn't be too hard, but like everyone there is a good runner. Dude, and it's such crap because the East is so easy. Yeah. Like yeah. the East is going to be so easy this year. And in the West alone, like Washington, Washington alone is harder than the entire East. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I'd probably take the four, five, six, seven, eight Washington guys if that was it in the East. If they were in the East and you just had to finish, you know, behind all of them, you could be ninth <laughs> and you'd get through. And then, yeah. But, but I, I mean, like, not, you know exactly what I mean. Yeah. But the, the eight Washington boys are harder than the eight best runners in the East. Yeah. I can probably agree with that. I mean, they've got two national champs now, 1500 and mile, basically. So. Yeah. And Sam Ellis got third last year. He wasn't even at indoors. Yeah. So, yeah. It's going to be ridiculously hard to get out of the West. But, um, I mean, the way I see it, if, if you can't get out of the West, you're not going to win a title anyway. So if I, if I can't get out of the West, then, then I just aren't, I'm not good enough to win a title. So mm-hmm. yeah, that is what it is. Realistically, I should, I should be able to get out of the West. There's, it's all the same guys that were at indoor, except for Sam Ellis is, will be there as well. And I got second indoor. So even if Sam Ellis is better than me and, and let's say some of the Washington guys pass me up, I'm still probably the fifth or sixth best runner in the West. And yeah. that's, that's assuming, assuming I go downhill, which I don't think I will. So, um, yeah, the West is going to be ridiculously hard, especially if you're like one of those 340, 339 guys that's just like really trying to scrape in and get to nationals for the first time. Like, man, it's going to be tough. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely never easy. Um, yeah. So that'll be, that'll be fun. But you've got, you've got a good kind of couple months before that. So, yeah. Uh, are you are you in your are you in your like main base phase right now as well like what kind of mileage are you doing and like yeah 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 pretty much we're we're kind of back into it it'll be up to 80 ish miles a week um maybe maybe a little bit higher than that for a few weeks like we'll go up to altitude um had my first kind of proper long run back this morning 15 miles at 553s i think average because we wow. yeah a lot of our long runs are like we go progressive so we're like start out nice and slow and then kind of build into it in the last like eight ish six to eight sometimes more if we're feeling good miles are at like 530 535 kind of thing so it's it's like a good work so we're yeah we're getting back into the swing of things i kind of had a few weeks of like downtime got back into running um and now we're now we're back into base phase basically for a few weeks and then We'll start sharpening up, but um, yeah, should be should be good. The thing with mileage is it's definitely like a little bit lower than it was like in the summer and fall of being in college. But I feel like it's it's been working well, and uh, 
I mean, it's it's picking up again now, and anyway, so all yep. going well. Hopefully, hopefully it will show in outdoor. I guess. Um, well, we'll find out at Drake Relays when. Yep. When you're racing the first fifteen hundred back. Yep. Yep. Should be good. Should be good. And it's weird because indoor, I've done like all three Ks. That's all I've run. Um, I did a cross country eight K in December, and then since then, I've done a three K in January, and then three or two yeah two three k's in february um so the 15 will feel like a shock to the system i'm sure like it will feel pretty pretty quick but um yeah the next few weeks i'll kind of get used to get used to that feeling again and be be good to go so yep looking forward to it i'll uh see you at drake again soon yep can't wait can't wait it should be good but but yeah i think that's everything we really needed to cover right yeah Thing we're thing we're pretty much all done so sorry for the delay in getting these episodes out especially the one that comes out before this because it was our nationals preview and it's going to be a preview that comes out after nationals promise it was recorded before if it was recorded after there'd be no point in making terrible predictions but um <laughs> uh, yeah no it's, it's good, to be, good to be back at it with this and we'll be on to the next episode soon whenever there's whenever there's more interesting stuff to talk about so yep yeah. i might have a bit of a break honestly like a few weeks where we don't we're not really going to be up to anything so there's no really need to film one but um probably film one maybe right before we race again yeah and then maybe, maybe at drake we can get another in-person one that'd be sweet yeah super yep. fun yep yep Cool. All right. Thanks for listening. And uh, yeah, we'll see you in the next one.